Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Oh my god. Hi everybody. <laughs> Hello everyone. Hello. My name is Dave. My name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. And I'm Robert Evans. And we just watched Fucking Night Riders, baby. Oh, I knew you yeah. wanted to say it. With a K. Knight Riders with yeah, a K. With a K. That K is very important. <laughs> critical. <laughs> Absolutely critical. A critical K. Knight Riders. The knight is a fighting machine, disciplined in mind and heart, and noble to the death. Night Riders. Action. Adventure. Romance. Heraldry. Pageantry. And magic. Okay. So, so Robert, <laughs> first of all, I just want to thank you for being on. Absolutely. Yeah. I just want to, uh, you, you, uh, I mean, if people have been paying attention to you. I demanded this episode be made. <laughs> yes. There was no, there was no, we had no choice in yeah. the matter. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I guess, uh, is there anything you want to plug at the beginning of this? Besides Night Riders? Um, no, no, just Night Riders is fine. Okay. <laughs> so let's do it. Yep. Let's talk about Night Riders. Night Riders is rentable and yeah. purchasable from every streaming outlet. Free on movie. something called, yeah, I purchased it too. But I did find yeah. in my research, it, it there's a free copy on what's called Pluto TV, which is just, okay. it, it plays it at reasonable resolution. There's just ads. So if you're broke, you can watch Night Riders for free. And yeah, someone will make money if that's important to you. We should we should support this movie, you know, to make sure to support this up and coming um, uh, actor in this and Ed, uh, the director Ed Harris uh, and George Romero. Yeah, yeah, this, but no, uh, this like, Edward Harris su- support, supporting the film is sort of in tone with the film, right? Because that's kind of what it's about. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> And, and also, if you support it now, maybe we'll get a sequel, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that seems likely. I mean, one yeah. of the things yeah. that's interesting, so this is, I think we'll, we'll break to talk about what this movie is in a second, but this was Ed Harris's first starring role. Um, it is. He's very young in this. He's like early 30s. He has most of his hair still, if you want an idea for like how young Ed Harris, and by the way, right. young Ed Harris, this is critical information, an absolute snack. Um, oh, oh yeah, just a, I mean he is a gorgeous old man. Ed Harris is, mm-hmm. is a fucking smoke show. Yeah, nothing so, against yeah. old Ed Harris, but young Ed Harris is like definitely a snack. Um, <laughs> so this was his first movie. This was made right after Romero had had like his first big wave of success inventing the concept of the zombie movie. 
Yeah, and I think this is before Dawn of the Dead. If I'm, I think it's no. Right this is, before, a, this is right after. after. Right this after. This is after this is Dawn of the Dead. Okay, yeah. This is his follow-up. This is then. right. This is right before Day but of the Dead, was, which is '83. Got it. So he's because it has so many of his actors. Yeah, it. he is basically what this movie is. George Romero has invented an, a genre of movie and achieved success, and knows that he's George Romero. He's a weird guy. Hollywood's never going to let him do anything other than weird George Romero shit. But he has this one brief moment where he can get a couple of million dollars to make whatever movie he wants. And this is that movie of his, right? This- uh, so Yeah. Uh, apparently what I read is he originally wanted to make a period piece yes. about medieval jousting. Yeah. Boy, did that change. He wanted to make a period movie that was like themed off of the, uh, the, the, the Camelot cycle. And then one of the people he was working with was like, you know, horses are extremely expensive, yeah. George. <laughs> this is way yeah. too expensive. But you know what's cheap is shitty motorcycle. <laughs> Dirt bikes. We can, if we can shave $20 million off the budget if we set this in um, modern day with dirt bikes. And the, yep. the stunts in this movie are incredible. The only there is thing, no way mm-hmm. 12 people weren't yeah. killed. You see people fly off of motorcycles and their necks bend as they hit the ground head first. More than once. Yeah. Yeah. Several times and this happens. Yeah, it is. It, the only thing it's comparable to is the Mad Max movies in terms of like raw quality and apparent danger of the vehicle stunts. Um, right. Yeah. You prob- very extreme uh, for original Mad Max yeah. and Road Warrior vibes off this movie. <laughs> you almost certainly could not make this movie today. Like, no, if God, you no. did, you would have to have like a hundred million plus dollars in order to not get everyone killed legally. Yeah. No, no one would let you make no, this yeah, movie. They would, no one would approve this. But this yeah. was, again, that goes back to George was able to get money out of a studio because he just had this big hit and they, they weren't going to check too much on what he wanted to do. And this was him kind of writing a love letter to his friend, not just to the concept of filmmaking and to the stuff that he loved, but like to specifically the people he made movies with. A big part of this movie is the joy of making movies with your, of making things with your friends. Right. Um, yeah. It's, it's not about being evil. No, evil. This it's, it's the art of, yeah. of, of the yeah. jousting. And don't you dare ask for his autograph or he will <laughs> yeah. have a, Alarming meltdown, yeah. and he then he become... will come and find you at your school. And find you <laughs> at your school. <laughs> we should explain what the movie yeah. is about. Covered so, in mud and absolutely. blood, he will show up in your elementary school classroom. <laughs> Covered in mud and the blood of a police officer, mingling yes. with his own. <laughs> oh, this movie is oh, unhinged. It's so the good. First... The first like thirty seconds, I like paused it and was like, "Wow, okay, so got to make some notes here." Yeah, because yeah. it just starts with shots of a crow, and then card cut to naked Ed Harris in the woods waking up. Yep, it was like, "Oh my mm-hmm. goodness!" Yep, waking up, whipping himself in the back naked in a yep. lake. Making yep. out with his girlfriend and then dressing like a knight and hopping on a motorcycle. Yeah. Right. Just 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 crawling up out of a sex haze. Yeah. Yeah. And just... driving driving to work, which is a, a traveling <laughs> a traveling motorcycle jousting uh, it's a renaissance li- fair. Yeah, it's a small yeah. traveling renaissance fair that is centered around 
these guys have basically invented a sport around jousting with motorcycles. Um, and not just guys. This is this is among other things. This is an extremely diverse cast in a lot of ways. But, oh yeah, um, yeah. So they have this sport that they're doing, and it's becoming a sensation. And we kind of meet them as they have an article blow up about them, and and their following starts to increase massively. And the movie, the fundamental conflict in the movie is there are people, Hollywood people, sniffing around who want to turn them into a commercialized thing. And this is all, Ed Harris is, you, you don't know anything about his backstory, and he's King Billy, but he's he's definitely sees this as some sort of part of like an anti-capitalist crusade. Like he, he calls, it's, he calls like the, the world outside of his little Renaissance fair, the dragon. And he you, he's yeah. clearly referring yeah. to like capitalism and the entertainment industry kind of all in one with that. And a, a lot of things, like there's a, there's, there's that layer of it, which is like a, sort of like John Favreau's Chef, where it's like very obviously about like movie making yeah. and indie movie making, and it's like right. do do we sell out our principles in order to uh, stay afloat, yeah. or do we just do we just keep doing what we love to do with the people we love to do it with, and and damn, you know, we'll just ride this as long as it can. But there's an undercurrent where like. Like you said, he calls the outside world the dragon, and like Ed Harris is really kind of deranged he's, in this movie. He's a little bit of a cult leader. Yeah, yes. One of the he, yeah. Because for a yeah. while, I wasn't sure what he wanted. No, no. Because it's, well, like, it's, it's like when when people were like, "Oh, you're in a magazine. You're going to be in county fairs and stuff." He's like, "It's not about that." Yeah. And I'm like, "What is it about?" It's dude? about like, fighting the dragon. It's about fighting. Yeah. The, yeah, it's what he screams. Um, yes, it's. He is a man who this movie is about outsiders, right? Yes. So it's about like fi- found family uh, right. being societal outcasts. He is a man who does not want to live in the world. No. He, so he created his own world and he wants to live in it. And right. he is threatened and uh, like mortally threatened mm-hmm. by uh, mortally threatened yeah. by like uh, he sees like uh, being commercial or getting notoriety or kids coming up to him wanting his autograph. It's not, he just wants, he's regarding that as like a do like, it's like kind of like a libertarian movie, I guess. Cause he's like regarding what? it as like a dude living on his property and like somebody knocking on his door and wanting his autograph. And he's just like, I'm just living my life. What do you want my autograph for? I, I think it's right. I'm just uh, living that jazz life. I think it's a little more than that too. Cause I, I think what he's reacting to when the kid comes up to him, cause there's a line he says to the kid where he's, or he says afterwards where he's like, look they look at me and all they see is another like Jim Jones type and he mentions another couple of cult leaders and he's the argument he's making is that like I don't want people to look at me as any kind of like role model I don't want to be anybody's hero I'm trying to like this is just my life that I'm trying to find for myself and he doesn't want to get he's kind of trying to reject the idea of celebrity while at the same time being the slightly cultish leader of this group of people who have all dropped out from society to follow him. Um, yeah, yes. and that's but uh, the, like the movie's never not aware of that, right? And like one mm-hmm. of Ed Harris's kind of struggle through the movie is uh, in, in part about giving that up and recognizing that like he actually has to let this thing that he's built breathe on its own without him being in the yeah. center of it. Um, it is about art. It really yeah, is. As art. funny as that is with dirt bike jousting, <laughs> it's about the idea that this is just what he wants to do. But he also has to eat. So it's like, if I can merge those two things, if I can live the way I want to live, uh, but he doesn't want it to get too big. He doesn't want it to get, he doesn't want the, the, the money side get bigger than what he just wants 
to yeah. do, right? Yeah. Right. Like at one point, his queen says to him, like, yeah, we've been living this way for a while and it's work, but it's like it's getting too big. She says, we have an overhead now. Yeah. yeah. And she is, one of the things I appreciate about this is that none of the characters are who you kind of would expect them to be if this was just a movie about dirt bike jousting. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I I assumed this was going to be a movie about like rival dirt bike. Yeah. Jesters. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And what uh, uh, like overall spoilers is that there are conflicts, interpersonal conflicts, yeah. but at the end of the day, they're all just out there to joust. Yeah. And including the quote unquote bad guys, yeah. like because there are people. There's like the Black Knight yeah. played by Rob Savini. Tom Savini. Uh, Tom, Savini. Uh, Tom Savini. Sorry. Uh, and uh, Tom Savini he, doing his own stunts. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. And fucking, oh, there's one where I I don't know how he didn't break his neck. <laughs> no, this movie is irresponsible. Yeah, the so stunts good. are irresponsible and wonderful. Somebody online, uh, when I commented on this, was like, there was there was not nearly enough dirt bike jousting in this movie. And I was like, honestly, there's a shitload of dirt bike jousting in this yeah, movie. There's, the like first, a, there's like a solid hour yeah, of jousting. The first hour. 20 minutes, yeah. my note at the 25 minute was, is there going to be a plot? Or yeah. is this entire movie just people jousting on dirt bikes because to describe the first 20 minutes he literally he gets up naked in the woods uh, yeah. puts on his night outfit goes to the ren fair and then there just proceeds to be jousting we, we see the for 20 minutes in its entirety yeah yeah like, and it's <laughs> and i am i i have to i have to say i'm never not engaged this is a good no. I, I so i i watched yeah. this we went my friends and i about like a week and a half ago went to a renaissance fair and as we were like coming home and stuff all dressed up we were trying to talk about like what to watch that night, and, and you know, the Knight's Tale came up, which is a fine movie to watch after a Renaissance Fair, and there were a couple of sure. other suggestions. And then Margaret Kiljoy, who who does a podcast, uh, cool people who did cool stuff on our network, and was staying with me, was like, "Have you ever heard of Night Riders?" And I was like, "No, I've never heard of Night Riders." She said, "Well, it's George Romero's longest film. It's the only one he made that's not a horror movie, and it stars Ed Harris, and they joust on dirt bikes." And I was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah!" So we watched this <laughs> yeah. thing. And it's great, and I love it. I kind of have the feeling at the time they probably could have trimmed thirty minutes out of this. And, and the, <laughs> this movie is two and a half hours. Yeah, it for is. People it wondering. is very long, and we will talk about how much longer it was originally later. But yes, um, we will. It's it's. Uh, so I, I I had that feeling, and I kind of felt like when I rewatched it, it was going to drag in the middle. But I just rewatched it last night, and to be honest, like it felt like it went by faster the second time. Um, like I didn't, I didn't, I, I don't feel like this is, this is not a badly made movie. This is not schlock. Like this is actually like a film. <laughs> yeah. It, it, there's this weird, it's, it's this weird in between where like, for example, if you notice Ed Harris's crown at, at a few points, I'm pretty sure like Ben's like yeah, plastic. It is plastic. Um, yeah. 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 It's, it's, and, ex uh, it's explicitly plastic and yeah. they like. They mentioned that all of their weapons are rubber, you know. Right, right, right. Um, but I just want to say there's something, I don't know if everybody agrees with me, there's something inherently funny about a, a knight's outfit. Yes. I find them funny. They're expressionless and bulky. And then you take that and you make it larger, like a mascot, uh, because they have to be larger because it's motorcycles. It's motorcycles. And, yeah. And all of their knight helmets are built off of real motorcycle helmets, so they all have, right. they all have a little bit of a Funko Pop look. But that's part, yes. of, part of the appeal 
And this is, I think, so if you were to make this today, your two choices would be either you you make this like as a practical effects film and you spend $150 million getting like... You make Fury Road. Yeah, you make Fury yeah, Road yeah. because it's that dangerous in terms of the stunts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are times where they've got like 30 guys all s- colliding with each other at, at reasonably... Anyway. Um, right. Or you do it CGI. And if you do it CGI, number one, it wouldn't have looked as good. But number of two... Like you wouldn't have one of the things that's that's notable about this movie is how thought out the way the fighting works is the game that they've built is structured because they actually had to do it. So their scenes were like early on because they have guys jousting on motorcycles. People are getting knocked off of motorcycles and the bikes go flying. And there's guys whose whole job is to be wearing padded suits and tackle the motorcycles. And I don't think I don't think you have that in your movie if you aren't actually doing that with motorcycles and fi- and being like, oh, we need someone to catch this shit. Right. Well, that's, right. Something they that's, why. Yeah. Yeah. that's something you figure out with trial and error. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the movie in the hilariously movie. demonstrates why yeah, they do they that fucking, later. They fucking nearly kill a lady. You don't actually a, know she's not baby. dead. They nearly yeah. kill a baby. So, we don't know un, what happens un, to that un, baby either. Yeah, an unmanned... <laughs> that is. That is probably the most surreal part of the movie. An unmanned motorcycle flies into the crowd, jumps a baby, yeah. and slams into the mother. And then, and then, um, I, is that when they start playing like the funky disco yeah, music? Yeah, yeah, the, the disco and then music gets the set off on accident. Dancing, a mime picks up the baby, and it's just like if if you walked into that yeah. scene with what? no context, yeah. you think it was, you think it was like a Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah. video from '91. <laughs> It's um, one of the things I that I like again. There's a lot about this movie that surprised me because I was completely down for just like a comedy or like an action comedy about guys jousting on motorcycles. But a huge part of what they're talking about here is like outsiders and and what like how people get bonded together um, when they fall out of society in order to to make stuff that appeals to them. And there's some, this scene, this movie is like shockingly advanced in its racial and its gender politics for a movie made in fucking 1981. A lot of it's pretty advanced for today. There's a, a really good scene where some of them are like sitting around a campfire and there's comments made about how one of the knights who's a, a, a lesbian woman, um, like isn't very feminine that she kind of like, laughs off and says like well i'm not like it it, it, it's a little bit of like almost non-binary discussion there and then the topic turns to this guy who all of his friends are aware that he's gay and he hasn't really come out to himself and it's they start kind of joking with him a little bit and you kind of think the movie is going to be like okay is that going to be a through line that this guy's gay but he won't admit it and like they're just kind of laughing about it for the next two hours and no what actually happens is because his friends come to him and talk to him about the fact that there's another dude who clearly has a crush on him, he winds up starting a relationship with this guy and coming out as homosexual, and it's just nice. And all of his friends are cute. happy for him. Yeah, and all of his friends are happy for him. Yeah, like, the, yeah, I was gonna say, with the exception of Ed Harris's arc, like every every character's arc is like very pleasant yeah. and positive, yeah. which really I was nice. not expecting when this no. movie started. No, the um, there's a lot that's cool about this. The uh, the guy who is the antagonist he's not the bad guy but he's the antagonist tom savini's character is his big conflict is number one 
he kind of wants to be the king and is a little button heads with Ed Harris about the fact that Ed Harris is the king. And number two, he wants to like make some money off of this. Not because he's like a, a, a greedy piece of shit, but because he's like, look, man, we're getting hurt out here. Like, wouldn't it be nice to not be scraping by? And yeah. right. there's a big conflict over this. And they... He... <clears throat> He, he gets an offer from Gennaro. Yeah, from he gets yeah, an offer yeah. from Gennaro. Donald He's Gennaro. like, we're going to make a fortune <laughs> yeah. off this the, place. The lawyer from Jurassic Park is one of the only actual bad guys in the movie. The only, yeah. the so, only... He is wearing... <laughs> when we meet him, he shows up, he introduces himself. He's got like the most I don't, like mobster name. Italian I can't it was. sleaze lawyer name, yeah. And he, his... his uh, shirt is open, like more buttons than are on a shirt. He's just yeah. wide open. And he is wearing no less than three gold chains. <laughs> yes. He's of different lengths. Amazing. He's an incredible character. Amazing sleaze. Um, when they cast him in Jurassic Park, I feel like Spielberg had watched this yeah. and was like, oh, we need the guy from Knight Riders. Yeah. yeah. Also, Get while we're on here. the subject of. While we're on the subject of cameos, Ed Harris's first um, starring role, it's also somebody else's first film ever. And that person is Stephen yes, King. Stephen King yeah. and his wife are in this. Yes, it's, they sure they were, are. I think they were making Creep Show. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, He's like, that's, he's that's, like, yeah. That's what happened. Like, he's like wearing his Creep Show. J- yeah, costume, he's just almost. just a side character. Like he's eating a sandwich. Yeah, he is credited audience. as Hoagie Man. Yeah. yeah. His whole bit is he thinks it's fake, like wrestling, and it's like, how? Yeah, how, how do you how, think it's fake? They fake Stephen this. King. A man just flew forty feet off of a ba- motorcycle and right. hit his head on a tree. There's a certain level of like this. This shows up a certain level of contempt that Romero has for like audiences. Yeah, because whenever the audience, yeah, because <laughs> whenever they're in, like whenever they're in front of an audience, they portray them as just fucking yokels, yeah. just like dipshits through and through. Yeah, uh, it's very funny, and it's yeah, there's again the movie like the casting is incredibly diverse, and they don't like do nothing with that one of like the the early conflicts in the film is there's a cop who wants a bribe in order to let them do their thing and they've gotten their permits they have a lawyer who we'll talk about but um the cop Mm. like he wants a bribe so he comes back at night and he like hassles them until he finds one of the guys in the ren fair has weed in his van and so he takes that guy in and ed harris ed harris's character in this is the paladin right if we're talking in D terms so yeah ed harris is like he doesn't he's not gonna fight the cop but he's like well then you have to take me in too because i want to make sure that you don't do anything to him cut to the next scene a shockingly brutal scene of the police yep. beating this man senseless while ed harris like howls in pain and eventually agrees to bribe them um like ed harris is it looks genuinely distraught in that scene um and then he gets dragged out yeah. later of the police station yelling i'm gonna wipe you mm-hmm. out man to the cop yeah yeah which uh foreshadowing yeah so that's a gnarly scene and kind of after it he's camping out with a couple of his guys this dude brother blue who plays merlin um, the actor is a guy named Brother Blue, who's, I'll talk about him, like, immediately after this. There's so much I want to say about this movie. Yeah. But it's... The names, by the way, are King Arthur slash Robin Hood names. Yes. Did I get that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they just sort yeah. of, like, they're just like, yeah, pick a, pick a medieval-sounding name. The, it's fine. They, they, they sort of call it out, too, where they say, yeah. like, Tom Savini's name is Morgan Le Fay. And yeah. he's like, oh, he just, he didn't know Morgan Le Fay <laughs> was a woman. He didn't know she was a woman. He just <laughs> thought yeah. it was a cool name. 
Yeah. Um, it is a cool name. But also he keeps it because nobody's going to give him that much shit for it because they're not yeah. they're right. not bad about that stuff. Anyway, so he, he fucking Ed Harris and um, his lawyer and this guy, Brother Blue, who's a very tall, gaunt, um, kind of hauntingly spoken black man. And um, then his friend who got the shit beaten out of him in jail are all camping out. And they're talking about like they're having this conversation about selling out and about is it okay to compromise for art? Is it not? Um, and the guy who's just gotten like everyone's arguing with Ed Harris because Ed Harris is a crazy person. And yeah. the guy who's just gotten yeah. beaten up by the cops is like, look, man, you know, the last time it's a very moving moment where he's like, look, the last time I got the shit kicked out of me by the cops, it's because I was a and then he uses the term like inward lover. Right. Um, and it's he, clearly like, oh, back during the civil rights movement or something like you got the, the shit kicked out of you for protesting or something. Um, right. And then. And, and, you know, when I got out of jail the next day, I wanted to kill myself because the world was just such a terrible place and I couldn't think of any reason to go on. When I got out of jail this time, I didn't want to kill myself. And it's because of this thing you made. And so as far as I'm concerned, if we have to compromise a little bit to make some money to keep this going, that's fine. Which is like, Ed Harris is absolutely in the wrong there. And it's this actual, yeah. like... I don't know. I found it a very affecting scene, just like I found the scene where, like, they talk to their friend about the fact that he's clearly gay. Yeah. Um, well, what it it really does say a lot about, like, art and mm -hmm. the levels of it, because that's the idea, right, is I, I think the reason they are Knight Riders, with a K, mm -hmm. is that I, I, I mean, obviously, Romero, like we pointed out, a producer randomly was like, oh, you should put him on uh, motorbikes. But it works because... It's inherently like it's a silly idea, right? Yeah. And then you have levels of passion for it. And there are the people who appreciate it on a novel level, the yokels, the audience who come in and one guy's like, oh, it's fake. And like and they and they just want like the the fun music, which Ed Harris is totally against. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the people involved in the art who are like, yeah, this changes my life. I'm really passionate about it, but I'm not so passionate that it's like, yeah, I would get paid for it. I'll make compromises. Yeah. And then you have Ed Harris, who is like, no, I'm putting my blood, sweat and tears in this. This is everything mm -hmm. to me. And that just like really does show the full uh, like the spectrum of how art works, mm -hmm. right? And how specifically filmmaking works, where it's like you have people there who are like, yeah, I'll make compromises, it's fine. Yeah. But then you have someone who's like, no, this is my fucking vision, and it has to be exactly what it is. And so he's clearly making observation about that and how like kind of everybody is into it, yeah. and we'll get into the end, and how like the artist has to kind of accept that, yeah. too. And none of the... One of the things that is impressive about this is that all of the different perspectives on this, even the clashing ones, are shown as necessary. There's no, like, the shallow version of this movie would be like, well, the people who wanted him to sell out are wrong, and he, like, wins the day and right. somehow keeps the thing going. And, like, one of the, like, the lawyer who is, so his character, he has, like, a lawyer who's got a very... Hollywood's kind of vibe to him, um, likes drinking, likes smoking. And I think, again, and kind of the worst version of this would be like the Gennaro character. But it, it's clear that he only wants he only wants to engage with the world and like handle legal shit to the extent that is necessary to keep them riding and fighting on their motorcycles. Like he's actually just committed to the project and is someone who sees things from a different perspective from Ed Harris because he has to, because he's the only reason they're not all in jail because he takes care of that kind of shit for them. Um, I don't know. It yeah. was good. There's a, yeah. 
Oh, I, what I was going to say is like sort of the the culmination of Ed Harris's arc, which is when he finally um, like lets some change in, like he agrees to not get up and yeah. fight because he's he's been horribly injured uh, <laughs> and he earlier. Refuses to ever seek medical care. No, <laughs> no that didn't even occur to me until the no, end. I was no, like, wait no, a second. No, Ed Harris has an easily treatable injury that he just keeps making worse and will never yeah. receive. Will will not accept is a real thing for him. So he agree he agrees to like not compete in their in their the last event in the movie. He lets like his guy Alan, who's basically Lancelot, mm-hmm. uh fight for him against Morgan, uh even though he he knows that there's a chance Alan could lose, which would mean Morgan would be would be king and he'd have to hand it over. Um and Morgan wins, like Morgan beats Alan. Uh so he has to crown Morgan, but like he makes peace with that and it's uh, it, it, as far as being a comment on art and how art works and specifically how filmmaking works it's him accepting that what he's created no longer belongs just to him yeah, yeah. like it belongs to all the people it belongs to people it's he worked with to make it it belongs to the audience that comes to see it yeah yeah exactly for for people listening um one thing i didn't expect is ed harris well first of all he acts his heart out in this which of course, yes. of course he does he's, he's, a, he's he fucking um, nails it no yeah but the thing I didn't actually expect is he doesn't actually participate in the jousting nearly as much because no, he, he's he dying. is the di- <laughs> well yeah but also he's the director he su- symbolizes that which means he wears a crown he sits on a chair and he tells everybody else what to do uh, and then every now and then he gets in like that's the problem at first is he keeps getting involved. And they're like, no, you you keep getting hurt. You can't do this. So, yeah, that is his arc is realizing that it's a collaboration. And I, uh, his arc is also because he's he's having just a series of arguments with all of his people who have different perspectives. And he at the end of the movie watching one of the things that's from a storytelling perspective, I think, really impressive about the way Romero makes this film is that it does in fact end with a gigantic climactic fight between like dozens and dozens of guys on motorcycles beating the piss out of each other and there's things sure that does. are like blowing up and on right. fire and that's not the climax the climax that is that's how the movie kind of that it it's in the position the climax would be but the climax has occurred entirely through dialogue and the choices that characters make immediately prior to that fight and so the fight is pure catharsis. It's there's no tension about whether or not in Ed Harris's heart about whether or not he's going to lose his crown. He's just purely in the moment enjoying watching this thing that he and his friends have made. Um, Which is yeah, yeah. the point. There's not even an audience, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, they 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 do this great thing, and it you it like you forget it because they have these like really badass. You know, like um, when Tom Savini um, shows up. Yeah with all like the badass gear mm. you think ed harris is going to be like oh you sold out yeah. man but he's just like oh it's great seeing I, you we'd had a fight uh, and i was and you came back and i knew you'd come back and that's all that matters right. yeah and then and then so they're like the quote unquote bad guys all the guys in that gear but like when they start winning like there's a part where they the guy flips over the car mm-hmm. and then the other guy who won goes and picks him yeah. up and brings e- him to the medic because yeah exactly <laughs> It's the realization that like no they're all they're all having fun. Yeah. Like this isn't life or death. The the climax of the film isn't at all like there's no stakes. No. Uh because like you said it's already been 
Yeah, it's the, it's, it's the catharsis. It's the celebration, yeah. not the actual climax. There were stakes, because the stakes are, really, when you get down to it, the stakes are, do all of these people appreciate each other more than they have, like, are obsessed with their differences, right? Like, is right. that, is, and, and that's, Ed Harris has, we've talked about his arc there. I'm really, I, I'm fascinated by Tom Savini's character here, who is like, is the Black Knight is kind of like the the jock. He's a little comes off as a little bit shuddy in the beginning. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and he's there's a lot that's going on with him. One of the things that's interesting, he's in a relationship with this woman who's the who's in charge of maintaining the bikes. Is the person who's actually like fixing all of their gear when they break it every time they do a thing. Um, uh, and so he's in love with her. She's in love with him. But he's also just kind of sleeping around and not in a cheating way because they talk about it. She knows that he is fucking other people and he is not hiding it from her. And rather than there being a moment where there's like a giant blow up between them, um, they have an actual adult conversation and she's like, look, I'm okay with this now because you're the guy I like the most, but that won't always be the case. So like, you know, there's a clock on this thing if you're not willing to make some changes. And, you know, at the end of the movie, Tom Savini picks her as his queen when he's crowned because he appreciates her. And the other thing that's going on in this is throughout the movie, again, she's like a grease monkey, right? She's fixing motorcycles. She gets dirty. And Tom is giving a couple of people give her shit for like, well, you know, you got to wash the grease off your face. You know, he doesn't want to see you all dirty and stuff. And at the end of the movie, he winds up deciding he wants to be with her. And she doesn't have to change at all. There's no scene where she dresses up and like producers. Right. She just continues yeah. fixing bikes because that's what she does. And Tom Savini gets over a thing that was unreasonable. <laughs> right. right. He the was the 80s. one who needed to change. Yeah. 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 For the 80s, that's a big deal. And she is like, yeah. I think of even like subversive movies like Slapshot, which is an extremely dated movie for many reasons. But the, even that they do the makeovers. Scene. Yeah. Like while trying to be a quote unquote subversive mm -hmm. comedy. Uh, they don't do that here at all. And I, you know, I just realized with Savini's character, he is also the protagonist. Yes. In yes. that he has, he a, has a full yeah. arc. Yeah. Um, he even cries at yeah. the end when he gets the crown. But you could have easily made this movie with him, the him as the main character, yeah. which is he actually has the more main character role where he's like hot shot and really wants to be king. And is he going to be king? And then he has to and then he gets this. Um, he gets like seduced by yeah. the yeah. Donald Gennaro yeah. <laughs> and the promise and of he, fame and fortune. And then he has a turn where he sees his like fellow um, his fellow joust mates like living like rock stars and realizes like. This is not going to work out, no, right? We and, will literally. Has, will, the thing that has happened is that, like, all of the nights he realizes, like, they as soon as they're in a hotel room for a night, they start beating each other with things in right. the hotel room. Because, oh, if they don't have jousting, they'll just commit murder on each other. <laughs> like, they can't be controlled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He also has the best photo shoot ever. Mm. Oh, oh, my mm. God. Yes. That would be my Christmas card every yeah. year. Tom Savini. Uh, yeah. You don't know that it's not, Dave. Yeah, I just a sexy Tom Savini. Just he looks like a bear, a fucking bearskin rug. He is uh, just wearing. By looks, the way. He looks like a bear in He-Man armor. Yeah, yeah. he's fucking yeah. ripped he in this movie. So yeah, he is. I, because I went into a rabbit hole after this, I learned a lot about all these people. Do you know anything about Tom Savini? Like other than no, like, not so, just that he does the I met visual him. He, makeup. Oh, effects. you did. He taught. Yeah, he guest taught a class at film school. Oh shit, that I did. Well, he, yeah. So he he is the guy. He and George Romero together invented zombie movies because he is the guy who did the very first 
zombie makeup, like for modern kind of film zombies. He created the visual language in like props and in makeup of zombie movies, right? That's yeah, like his, they're the f- yeah. Father. That's why he yeah. did the the remake of well, Donna, or Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, the uh, Barbara is in this too, by the way, and. Um, Oh, cool. the queen, I believe. Oh, I neat. believe the queen. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I want to talk actually. about her too. But like, so Tom, the re- the thing that he was doing, like the thing that I guess prepared him to make zombie movies, is he was in Vietnam and saw some really horrible, horrible combat. And so the makeup, the zombie makeup he was doing was kind of like him processing a lot of the horrible shit that he'd seen in Southeast Asia. And is also probably why when someone, when, when his best friend was like, hey, do you want a motorcycle joust in a film? He was like, yeah, that's not the most dangerous thing I've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, why not? Um, the other thing, there's again, a bunch of cool stuff. The, his romantic interest, the, the grease monkey girl who maintains the motor pool was George Romero's wife. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, that's his actual wife, at least at the time. I don't know what his whole relationship story was, but like, yeah, that was his actual wife at the time. Um, and so let's, what'd you guys think of Merlin? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. You were going to so tell us about that, Brother Blue. Yeah. So I, um, I, my, so my view, I have a, I, I wrote this down, is that if someone calls himself a doctor and their name is Merlin <laughs> and they have butterfly face tattoos... <laughs> They're either the best doctor or the worst yeah. doctor. Nothing in between. But I can tell you, I can tell you what though. I would also uh, consider both those things, um, and then I would still roll those dice. Yeah. Yes. Oh, me too. I'm doing anything that man tells me. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. walks. He's up. either he's either gonna kill you. Yeah. Or make like give you magical powers. Yeah. Like it's yeah. yeah. You take that chance every time. He he is yeah. brother blue. This guy. You have. You kind of have to see him and hear him to understand what's going on with this man. But, like, he has the build of, like, a wraith. He's this this incredible-looking person with this amazing, like... Just, just a. Uh, he, he looks like he looks like a character in a fantasy book, especially the way he's dressed in this with these butterflies that he's painted all over himself, and he talks like at times like he's scatting and at times like he's reading poetry um yeah and none of that was written by george romero george romero got this guy because of who he was so so <laughs> brother blue merlin in this um who is their doctor and also like kind of the center of the cult that they've created around motorcycle jousting because they <laughs> built a little bit of a religion for themselves too um mm. Was a he was a was like served in the army um, during World War II and was discharged and then went to Harvard um, and got then he went to Yale after going to Harvard to the School of Drama and got a PhD in divinity with pastoral sacred storytelling as like a focus. Um, so he is an actual doctor. He is a doctor of storytelling. And he went mm. on to win festivals all around. He, he performed all around the world, both like at big venues and he would just do street performances. He was the official storyteller of Boston and of Cambridge by resolutions of both city councils um, and a bunch of other shit. Like he was he was just this. I'm, I'm certain Romero encountered him out in the world because he was just like a guy. Um, but yeah, he, he's, he's, a uh, just a fascinating man who he brought in because he needed someone kind of ethereal to play Merlin. Yeah. He's known, I'm looking him up. He's known for having butterflies yep, yep. painted on his palm. There's like a, there's like a short film about him. He has since passed in 2009. Yeah. 
Uh, he was 88. Yeah, he, he lived, he lived, he lived a great a life. life. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say he was in World War II. It's a, yeah. That was yeah, a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. Yeah, he, 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 did, he did just he seemed fine. He seems to have had about as good a life as you can have, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's what's his character in this movie, because they have a little scene where he talks about it, where he's like, well, I'm working at the hospital one day, and Ed Harris comes in because he's gotten hurt in motorcycle jousting. And the way he explained their plan to drop out of society and survive as a renaissance fair fighting on motorcycles made me decide to quit medicine. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and he has They like, really are. Yeah, sorry. No, just the cult aspect of this. One thing you notice is that they keep, like, we only see it once, but it really is heavily implied. They keep, like, going into town, Mm. doing these parades and stuff, and then just kind of, like absorbing people yeah like the the first one is the woman who's there with her her dad who is just a man at rock bottom yeah. uh, <laughs> just uh, he passes uh, out oh, yeah. he passes Hawaiian out shirt, and then drunk, beats the screaming. shit out of her mom when they take her that's away true, we see true, that he's yeah. just that her mom is getting beaten by him she is abandoning yeah, an abusive situation um, and uh and the daughter goes with them yeah um and then and then he later brings her back like it's Harry and the Hendersons. He's like, go on, go. He does. He but, sure uh, does. Yeah. Um, but then um, Savini meets a woman at the like the, the parade they do to advertise. <laughs> and then she's just there. And so it's like, oh, they just sort of like pick people up. Uh, and then those people just sort of stay with them like a cult. Yeah. Woman. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he is Ed Harris is David Koresh on a motorcycle. Yeah, it's yeah. a traveling cult. <laughs> yeah, it is a traveling cult, um, and it's like he. There's this kind of like awareness of it a, a a little bit around the edges, and one of the things that Ed Harris kind of does in the movie is at the end he gives up his crown and he drives off into the sunset, um, and. <laughs> Oh so, a good way to describe I'm, I'm, it. I'm so glad we're talking about yes. this. We have to talk about every stage of what he does. Yes. Yeah, Tom, you I why don't why don't you explain to the audience yeah. what happens All with right. Ed here? So what happens? The first thing Ed Harris does, he just he takes off uh, and he's he's picked up some new guy that's following him. All right, so I want to talk about this guy because okay. he if you notice he has a crest of a crow mm-hmm. on him. He is the crow that he dreamed about. Mm-hmm. That is oh, yeah. the symbolism. Is it's this Native American man? I don't know if it's actually played by a Native American. I, I, uh, I kind of think it's it a, is. the '80s. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but he shows up and he's sort of like Ed Harris is like, I want that guy, and I think it's because he he represents the crow to yeah. him. Anyway, well, he's also Ed, Ed has received a prophecy from his maybe Dr. Merlin that he's going to die. His death will be related to a, uh, a blackbird, which the kid paints on his homemade armor. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's got this crow guy following him. Um, and the first thing he does is he goes to a diner where the cop from earlier who had arrested him and beat up his friend is having dinner and just sits down and just kicks his ass up and down this waffle house. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, slaps his I, it, gun out of his hand and throws it in the fryer. And uh, Tom, what do the people at the, at this restaurant do? They clap. Yeah. They are, so they are all on board. They're this, all a cab. Yeah. It's amazing because i mean he so did you mention he's dressed as a knight like these people are yeah, having of course dinner. He is. yeah 
a man dressed as a knight walks in and starts beating the crap out of a cop <laughs> and it's a standing ovation like, everybody like is on him, board immediately beating him like supernaturally he's beating yeah. him like a street fighter character yeah. but like yeah. a street fighter character the way that a street fighter character would beat a real person mm-hmm. right no like, one reacts. He no. or, or no one working reacts. He throws his gun into the fry and and the fast food people are just like, "Yep, yeah. like that thing's good. That's that thing's gonna go off in there. It might. I don't know. I don't know. It seems uh, like it's a problem. They're going to have yeah. to deal with the gun and yeah. the fry yeah. I feel like at the very least you should turn the fryer off. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm no big city gun expert, yeah. but so he beats the Christ out of the sky. <laughs> he leaves, uh, and then he's he drives some more, and he pulls up to this elementary school where they're saying the Pledge of Allegiance, and I'm sure that has something that that has something to do with like uh, indoctrination and being part of society because yeah. this group is outside of society. I'm sure there's some commentary there, but this little boy who had come to him earlier and asked for his autograph, he just walks into the classroom again dressed as a knight. Mm-hmm. Covered in several layers yeah. of of road road dirt and blood, <laughs> a cop's um, blood and his own, because his injury yeah. is reopened I, by then. I need to point something out. He doesn't know the child's name. No, he's no. the child asked for an autograph <laughs> once, and he told the child to fuck off. I don't know how he found that child. He went to and the- that child. Imagine that seeing that as a kid, this fucking night that you met at a ren fair, barge into your classroom. <laughs> And give like, you I don't a care. sword. It's his hero. It is. It's his yeah. hero. Yeah. I, I like to imagine the kid has been like into G.I. Joe's now. Yeah. And it's like, it's just, but I like, like to imagine my goodness. the scenes that were cut out of Ed Harris going into that school because it's like, well, this is the school nearest the Ren Fair and walking into different classrooms. Just yeah. like stumbling just, in, just bleeding. In. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for a kid with glasses. Yeah. Bloody, he's got a bowl cut. Fucking bloody motocross King Arthur just peeking yeah. his head in. The oh, police for- have been called 10 times from that school oh yeah this this they would immediately go on lockdown yeah. today if this dude walked in but he I walks they up would to the, then too frankly they should but we yeah. kind of we kind of didn't care about mm-hmm. kids back it's then. true yeah it's true um so he walks in and hands the kid his sword and his gauntlets i believe he hands right. him some of his shit yeah yeah he hands Which him is, his sword he gives the child a weapon and leaves he yeah. doesn't say a single word no, he it's, doesn't. It's it's a blunted sword, but I'd like to point out that when you're swinging a sword, a blunted sword while riding a motorcycle, it's just a regular sword. Yeah. Yes, this is very true. Uh, um, anyway, so he gets those two deeds done. He gets on the end. This might be the most shocking moment. Of the movie. It, it sure is. Yeah. Tom. Go watch the film, by the way. If you yeah. if you're on board, go go watch it before you. Yeah. This is. So he gets on the highway with his his crow guy in tow, and he's he's just having visions of like his dream and his great life. The only uh, horse he, we see in the movie, we see like a knight. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he's, I was like, oh, is that all he wanted this whole time? Well, I think was he's to just ride a fucking horse for once. Right. Well, he's like tra- he's like finally transporting back to like. The, the lords and lady days right yeah. like he wants yeah. to he wants because to live this life because he's lost a tremendous of... amount of blood yeah right yeah, yeah. he is delirious <laughs> he at is, this point he's lost a lot of blood and has cte right. this is where i yeah this is where i noticed he was bleeding i was like wait a second right. is he, he okay and he can't keep his eyes open no 
Yeah. Um, so like he has this vision of like him riding a horseback back in olden times and like it's it's everything he wanted and he's he's accomplished everything. You know, he's at peace with his thing. He set things right with the kid. He beat the bejesus out of that cop. <laughs> and he does he does like the City of Angels thing. <laughs> The Meg Ryan and City of Angels thing where he like closes his eyes and looks straight up and he <laughs> he gets like, like pulverized like, like fucking Brock Lesnar speared yeah. by an 18 wheeler. Just but like Looney, Looney Tunes style. <laughs> like it exploded. Shows, it shows exploded. His, his helmet, his gauntlets, <laughs> like and his the, armor tinkling underneath we, the truck. It's it is Looney Tunes. And we've talked so about it by this truck. For the real world version of this, what's at what's happened in the movie outside of all of the beautiful dialogue is that a Native American teenager showed up one day in homemade armor. Ed Harris beat him to a pulp and then made the kid follow him around and watch him die. <laughs> yeah, watch yeah. him drive into an 18-wheeler. Right, because this long. Native American, he must know Ed Harris is bleeding out. Like, I'm pretty sure he took, he went with this guy because he, like, this guy didn't care about his well-being, I feel like. No. Where he's just like, all right, you want to watch me spiral? And he's like, sure, yeah. man. Hell yeah, watch I, do. That. I wouldn't wa- miss that for the world. Gonna, you want to watch like the, kid- the last days of my descent into madness? Yeah. The kid probably just grabbed his wallet and then kept riding. <laughs> like, just like, fuck, man. Yeah. I'm not, I don't want to have any. But like, yeah, and then they cut to a funeral. No idea what they're burying. Because no. it sure as hell isn't a dead it's, body. It's his fucking He's motorcycle dust. part. Yeah, it's his yeah. motorcycle. Yeah, it's his crown. Yeah. They're burying his yeah. crown. His fucking Burger King crown. <laughs> um. <laughs> it is, that is the most shocking thing to happen. Because it doesn't need to happen. For, this, the, for what this movie is about. There is no, no, it doesn't, he doesn't need to explode uh, and get hit by no, a semi. that was a decision. But I'm, gl- <laughs> yeah. I'm glad it happened. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited it happened. Yeah. It's like, went, yeah. It's like an, it, I don't want to call this movie an internal drama because it's not, but yeah. like, it, it would, it, it is like having something <laughs> Like, I don't fucking know. Like, Michael Collins end with somebody getting hit by an 18-wheeler and exploding. Like, it, yeah. even though it's a movie about motorcycle jousting, it still comes out of nowhere. Yeah. You, don't, yeah. you do not quite expect that to be where the end no. goes. <laughs> oh, man. It is so good, though. Um, it is so good. So the original... The the first like version of or cut of the movie that he turned into the studio was three hours. But in interviews, he claimed that the original cut of the movie when he was putting it together was seventeen hours long. Yeah, sure, I'm sure. I, I, I want to see it so badly. I, Fifteen of those hours, mm-hmm. it was just Ed Harris beating the cop. Yeah, just fifteen hours yeah. of that. Ed Harris uh, switching between beating the cop and we haven't mentioned this. Ed Harris repeatedly naked in a pond hits himself in the back with a whip yes. to like flagellate himself. Like that's his mm, morning yes. part of his morning routine. Yeah, it's his mor- his morning penance. Yeah, <laughs> seventeen um, hours. That's yeah, because like uh, we've that's that's rare. Like there are movies that they have these ins- insanely long like uh, uh, work prints. Yeah, but like. Uh, even Apocalypse Now is like five hours. Like th- that 17 hours is, that's a bit much. That is well, like it's a Peter com- Jackson's looking at that like, yeah, that's too long. That's too long. 
I mean, this complicated movie, you know, like all the motorcycle stuff. I'm sure he's just shot hours and hours and hours yeah. of that. Motor, probably, yeah. Motor, it was probably all came down to him in the editing room, just like, what do I cut from the jousting? It's all gold. It's all it's gold. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. I'm. I, I would. I this movie, were it being made today, and somehow still by George Romero with practical effects it might have done it might have been better as like a 10 episode series on streaming platform x or whatever yeah Um, maybe like that would have been fine Uh, I, I certainly like wouldn't have minded more time with the characters or and the fucking yeah and the jousting and the jousting i Um, yeah yeah. my one of my first thoughts about this movie is why aren't we doing this yeah like why why is every medieval times yeah and replace the horses with motorcycles well do you remember do you remember how we mentioned up top where we're pretty sure 12 people died (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah but why isn't this like that's that's why we're not doing this yeah (laughs) but i listen we have we have plenty of most dangerous thing i've ever seen we have plenty (laughs) of people on this it's insane all right this should be how we fight wars. Yes. This should be. There's so many things no, the thi- that should be resolved this way. Ed Harris's character is right. This is what we should replace capitalism with: is a society yes. based around motorcycle jousting yeah. and yeah. Renaissance <laughs> fair culture. Um, Perfect. Yeah, I. Part of this cult. I'm part of this cult. I'm. I'm. Yeah, on, I'm, like, I'm in it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the one of the things that's fun about this movie is that for all of the cra- for all of like yeah, Ed Harris's character is legitimately a lunatic and mm-hmm. it is a little culty. At no point yeah. am I like, why are all these people following him? Like the whole time I'm like, yeah, no. this seems much better than normal life. Yeah, yeah. I, I would yeah. live this life. Absolutely. This is this is paradise. Yeah. yeah. I mean <laughs> <laughs> They should remake Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. replace the dinosaurs with Ed Harris mm-hmm. doing this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just like I want I want cloned Ed Harris's all jousting. Keep keep Donald Gennaro. Keep Gennaro. Yeah, yeah. keep Gennaro. Yeah. He's fine. Um, Give him yeah. more gold chains. Yeah, it's that was, uh, the, one, that was the one. That was the one thing he was missing in Jurassic Park was a bunch <laughs> a of gold chains. Gold chains. The T Rex. T Rex just shits one right out. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Um, another fun behind the scenes. Holly Hunter is a PA on this film. Oh, really? And I just find that very funny because it's just, I don't quite, I can't quite picture that. Her being their gopher, going to get coffee. Did, uh, how familiar are you guys with Day of the Dead? A little. Uh, Not that familiar. I watched it, I don't know, 20 years ago. Oh, okay. That's my favorite one. But so this won't mean much to you, but maybe the Day of the Dead fans who are listening, there's a, a pretty prominent cameo from uh the the villain in day of the dead colonel rhodes he's briefly in this movie he's the uh, the shopkeeper that's kind of freaking out on them oh okay cool. and then he, he storms off and then of course ken forey yeah. Um, yeah ken forey of course he plays yeah. little john because we're yeah, mixing our yeah. we're mixing our mythologies here yes um and he's it's... he's he's fun yeah you've got a little john there's a friar tuck Who's like uh, a a little <laughs> bit of a creep, alcohol and 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 a drunk, but he has that pizza fuck party. Yeah, he has a devil horn. He has an erotic pizza party. Is a pizza sex party with the photographer mm-hmm. in a van that he has put all. He's put stained glass windows <laughs> yes. in his van. Yes. Yeah, Again, incredible character. Who wouldn't want to live this life? beautiful man um god there's just so one of the like so the movie when the movie opens like the the initial conflict is they're all about to have their big fight in front of the public 
and Tom Savini has had their uh, their uh, uh, little John make him a mace, and it's an actual mace, like it's just an actual big piece of metal on a stick for him to hit people with. And everyone's like, I don't know, Tom, I think that'll kill people. You probably shouldn't shouldn't use that in our fun joust for friends. <laughs> And they ask Ed Harris, because he's the king, and Ed's like, I don't know, let's see what it does. And then it basically <laughs> kills Ed Harris. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it does, Ed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it That's does. That's why you it's don't mace. use that. It's a mace. It, it, it caves your chest in. Yeah. That's what it does. It's not at all a toy. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> I think, oh, my I think fucking they, God. I think they do say it's rubber, but like, it's still like a solid just sti- it's still like just a solid piece of of rubber you know like it's just, it's a single yeah. solid piece of the rubber. Sure, so it's, I mean, a, the real it's essentially just a rubber been, yeah. mallet yeah uh, as you pointed out tom if you're going like exactly 60 yeah. miles per hour <laughs> a, a nerf football could kill you like anything is a weapon when you're flying through the air on a motorcycle <laughs> yeah, exactly it really doesn't matter exactly yeah god and that is yeah that that's not lost on the film no it's, yep. it's like had they been using real swords my goodness that would have been something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> been i don't know what I, it would have been a funeral every other in, scene. in terms of things i appreciate and that you would only really get when you fucking um like are actually doing this is the fact that for the shields they just build them into the actual front of the motorcycle um, which I just found cool. Uh, That's I so thought cool, that, I yeah. thought it was neat. Yeah. Most of yeah, it's man. neat. I wonder if the props are still around. I hope so. Probably find one. We should, I want to find the belt that Tom Savini wears during his photo shoot. Hell yes, Ooh. absolutely. Probably, it probably still smells like him. Yeah, yeah. I, that's that's God in his willing. closet. God right? willing. I'm sure he he must have taken that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if I were married to Tom Savini, I would be like, hey. Let's let's whip out the belt tonight. Let's, let's like, air the belt a, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be a regular feature. Oh, t- God. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. This movie. It is. Incredible film. Incredible film. Something else. Um, Ed Harris still talks about it all the time. You can find recently, which is pretty uncommon for an actor of his stature to talk about your very first movie. But I was it's like a forty-year-old film too. It's, it's very, I think, and I think it what because every time he's talked about it, like the way he portrays it is like, well. You know, George, who died recently, like, was a good friend to all of us, and we all got to spend a wonderful summer together having fun in the woods. And it's just a, it's a lovely memory for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what's happening is at the end. Yeah, I think, like, every, Savini says the same thing about, like, yeah, it was, like, the best summer of my life. We had a great time out yeah. in the woods together. I, I wonder what, okay, uh, I was going to say Savini, because, like, I feel like some of the stun bike people are like, yeah, that, that, uh... Yeah. That really sucks. I don't have a brother honest. now. Well, but I think yeah. like most of because Ed Harris, I also think did his own stunts for this. If I'm not, he mistaken. did. I, I yeah. looked this up because he had oh, no. been on an episode <laughs> yeah. of Chips. Yeah, that's, he was. That's all you he need. Had done Chips. <laughs> yep. On the subject of television, this movie made a little extra money. Uh, the show Night Rider had to pay them money. Oh, uh, for the that's, for the Night Rider. I did name. not know that. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> little bonus money for yeah. them. God, Little incredible. Knight Rider bump. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Well. Oh, this is a move. This is a must see. Yeah, if, uh, if, absolutely. If anything, absolutely. If anything, like just look at the poster. Just look at the poster, which has the tagline, Camelot is a state of mind. <laughs> uh, and uh, like that alone is enough to make you want to see this movie. Does anybody know if it 
uh, did well? No, it was a disaster. Was, no, there's no way. There's <laughs> no, no way it did well. Absolutely not. There's no way it did well. <laughs> this, this, this movie ensured that George Romero never got to make anything that wasn't a zombie movie again. <laughs> yeah, they're like, all right, George. <laughs> or a horror movie, at least. Um, That's amazing. You know, I did. I do. I think one of the clever things he did was angle it as like a Camelot movie because the everything about the opening like 20 or 30 minutes makes you think that, oh, this is just going to be like kind of a modern day grunge retelling of Camelot. Um, but instead of Lancelot like destroying Camelot because he wants to fuck the queen, uh, the king realizes that the queen loves this lifestyle but isn't in love with him anymore. And he's like, hey, you know, it's okay. Why don't you go be with this guy that you clearly have the hots for? This is fine with me because we're all we're all adults who care about each other. And it's just yeah. it's just actually very nice. Yeah, it's it's like it's hilariously like conflictless. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe to a fault. Like I think audiences then and probably audiences now would watch this and be like, I wanted to see like people battling and for life or death, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh it's called Night Rider. Look at the poster. Like you expect Mad Max. Uh, and it's not that at all, and that's what makes it good. Yeah, I it, think it so. should be noted. It it did get at least one good review when it came out. Oh, good. Um, I don't know how it did box office wise. I can't find that, but uh, it's actually fairly well reviewed. Um, I was gonna say it has a sixty nine meta yeah. score. Nice. No, it's sin- it has since picked up some fans, but it it was not a hit uh, by any, any yeah. stretch of the imagination. <laughs> Um, and again, why would it be? Yeah, it, it, impo- literally impossible to imagine this being a hit. From what I've, because right. I've read a couple articles, they didn't really know how to market it. Um, which understand you, you just play motorcycle fights and you let the people find it, but yeah, they chose not to do that. Yeah, actually, how you 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 might have to fib a little bit, but it's like, how do you not know how to market this? You just say it's jousting on motorcycles. Get really high yeah. and go yeah. to the theater and get you're with good. the program you dork yeah god yeah who's Fucking who's the problem here it's motorcycle nights yeah it's your problem if i can't sell you on that yeah yeah i don't know what to tell you man it's yeah. got ed, you narrow ed harris leading motorcycle nights tom savini <laughs> right. is there mostly nude yeah he right. sure shit ed harris uh, he wouldn't be a big draw again it's his first story no role. not yeah. yet that's um, wild. So that wouldn't mean anything to people. I will also say, since we're getting to the end of this, Tom Savini would not have expected anything from him as an actor because he's a special effects man and makeup artist. Perfectly fine actor. Very solid. He's a good job artist. in this. Yeah. yeah, where he cries at the yeah. end. I was like, fuck, I felt it, yeah, that, very man. competent yeah. He, it, yeah. it, Again, they, they never portray him as a bad guy, but he is, of course, the opposing force. And then the moment where Ed Harris... Where you think like, oh, he, is he going to be mad that he got kinged? And then he just weeps and you're like, man, he really wanted this. Mm-hmm. Also, he's the older guy. Yeah. So it's like, it's like he's been waiting for it. And he truly, that's the whole idea is that Tom Savini b- believes in this almost as much as Ed Harris, it feels like. like. And it's like, at the end, it's like, if there was anybody else to lead this group, it's kind of perfect that it's him. Yeah. Yeah. And he, ke- he keeps beating Ed Harris, but Ed Harris keeps not giving up the crown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I think that one of the things I really, like, like you were said, saying, Dave, like the fact that the conflict in this isn't internal to the people because they're all just really good friends. Like it, maybe in 1981, I don't know that, I, I, I think it certainly was not very popular, 
but just because of kind of the media environment we're in and the kind of stuff that I've been watching normally, that was just really nice. Was yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> I I found it I found it, it to be one of the things about the movie that was appealing to me. Yeah, I think more movies need to think in this way. In terms of how do we make conflict that is not about people beating each other up or about like like I love an enemy when no one no one is really a bad guy except, except for, for the cop uh, except for the cop police yeah. officer yeah, yeah. For that piece of shit but cop, you know what I mean yeah. like none of the main characters yeah. where it's like it's not about that it's not about good mm-hmm. versus evil it's about uh, how every reality is on a, a wide spectrum yeah. and so is morality and about empathizing with other people uh, and and like yeah it is extremely refreshing to watch something I, like that. I would love to see like a Marvel movie or a DC movie where it turns out that everybody's just got a difference of opinion and they're all good people and they reconcile yeah. and then at the end Ed Harris beats the shit out of a cop at a diner just Hard cut, cut to yep. Ed yep. Harris just Hard hitting cut. him with a fucking bottle yep. like one of the like with a fucking coffee pot just nailing him <laughs> yep. in the fucking jaw <laughs> I'll also accept just cutting to this scene again. Yeah, yeah. Like sure, either it's one. a great scene. Just, just yeah. can't stress enough, slapping the gun, just get that yeah. toy get that, out of my that face. Gun out of my <laughs> face. Do you know what I do for fun? I'm not scared of your 38. After he beats him nearly to death, he throws him in a freezer and I'm pretty sure he locks him. He locks him and in the nobody freezer. helps the cop. No, no. no that man dies that in there. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever's opening the next day finds a dead cop in the freezer. Uh, oh, and another one. Shit. <laughs> yeah. All yeah, right. it's a, it's either a diner or it's like a Burger King. Yeah, like, it looks like, like a, a fast food place. Some place that sells like shitty fast food and is open late. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess no fast food restaurant wanted to uh, get a tie-in. Mm, nah. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't put Night Rider toys as Happy Meals. Yeah. yeah. See, fucking Arby's would do it today, I bet. <laughs> They would. They really would. They're yeah. unhinged. Mm-hmm. Our, yeah. Arby's the, down for the anything. right kind of unhinged for this movie. Yeah. Oh man. Oh. Um. I think we should probably wrap things up. Yes. If anybody has any final thoughts? Just watch this movie. Yeah. 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 Honestly, that's my thought. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> watch this fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah, and I would. I would say like, just don't. Don't get like real drunk and expect to watch like something no. that's going to be like action packed or like stupid. It's 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 definitely silly. There's some really funny yeah. parts, um, but it is there is more dialogue it, scenes than you'll expect. So like I think if if someone's in the wrong condition, yeah. they might accidentally feel like this movie is boring or bad. Yeah. Um, and just know, yeah, this movie is more character driven than you would expect. Right. Like this is like, we're, we're laughing a lot and yeah. like talking about how over the top some parts are, but this is like a good movie. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually a very watch. good movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a thoughtful movie. It's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a little profound yeah. in its very small way. It but has, like, it has, it ends on a haunting song that I think was just written yeah. for the movie. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's just real good. You really good. Like watch it. Good shit. You'll it's it's completely earnest. It's completely earnest in a way that, among other things, if you're someone who has enjoyed George Romero's oeuvre over the years, you'll appreciate it just because you're like, oh yeah, that guy did fucking rule. Yeah. Yeah, that was a guy who fucking rocked. He really did. Yeah. He had some just really outside of the box mm-hmm. ideas. Yeah. <laughs> so. Also, his his even his later. Uh, like Diary of the Dead, I, I like 
Land of the Dead. That shit's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Like if people haven't checked that out, I like Land of the Dead. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I like Diary of the Dead. I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of the George Romero like uh, film canon, but every yeah. time I've sat down and watched a George Romero movie, I've walked away happy for the experience, and this is no for exception. Sure. <laughs> no, not at all. I think if you if you got to see one George Romero movie, I guess it would be Night of the Living Dead, and then this, and then but Night they're, Riders. They're, yeah, they're neck and neck. Yeah, guys, neck guys, and neck, guys. Night Riders of the Living Dead. There we Ooh, go. Because that would be not? that would be a co- honestly that would be a cool movie if it's this and then slowly the world collapses into a zombie apocalypse <laughs> yeah. outside of the or Ren Fair. Like had you, simply, you got a good film in that premise, <laughs> right? Or uh, we should have lived in a world where we're talking about this is like you know Romero, the father of zombie genre and the Night Rider yeah. genre. Oh yeah, yeah. where like the there's sport just that has hundreds of capitalism. It's yeah. just a, it's just a genre now. Yeah, perfect. Oh yeah. Well, you're, yeah. you're, no you're only 18, so you don't remember when we decided to end all world governments and become a series of traveling renaissance fairs jousting yeah. on motorcycles. <laughs> yeah, it was the best decision we made. It was really the one, the, we, we got it all right since then. Yeah. Climate change isn't a problem. Everything's perfect. Yeah. Climate, well, all those motorcycles. But yeah, probably not a problem. They get great mileage, Dave. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's less of a problem. It's less of a problem. Much less of a problem. Uh, uh, Robert, thank you so much. Yeah, thank for, you thank so you much for, for having me, kicking yeah. in our door and demanding that we cover this film, and shoving yeah. this into my heart. Mm-hmm. Yep, and all and everybody driving it into my heart. <laughs> yeah, um, like a blunted uh, sword swung from a motorcycle. God, <laughs> are you sure you have nothing to plug? Oh yeah, I have a novel. Plug. Perhaps a network. Okay, uh, I was gonna say a network. You uh, write yeah, to, I got perhaps. I got things to plug. I have a novel after the revolution. You can just Google that title after the revolution and ak press or just type it into whatever thing you buy books on it'll be there in a variety of forms mm-hmm. uh i have a network cool zone media we have shows like it could happen here which is a daily news podcast and behind the bastards which is about shitty people yeah it sure is do all of that mm-hmm. folks um dave what do we oh, got going on um i was i was about to i was about to listen Listen, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. You go on there uh, for $5 a month. You get exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Star Trek's The Next Futurama, and Spielboys Gamefully, G-A-M-E-F-U-L-O-Y, unemployed uh, on Patreon. Check it out. Yeah. Let's watch movies. Every Friday night with our patrons, uh, feel like this movie might show up on that. Mm-hmm. I feel like we may have to do a non-zombie Romero night sometime soon. Yeah, that's go. a good idea. Like this and like the dark half. Yeah. Or like creep show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we also have a store. Head over to GameFleetUnemployed.com where you can find a link to our Teespring store. Where we have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs you can get on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things. Uh, so slap your little nightly peepers on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I think we can be done. Yeah. Mm, can we though? Can Let's, anybody really be done after watching this movie? Night Riders? No. no, you're no. never done with Night Riders. No. I'm gonna go buy a motorcycle and find a young child to observe me die as I drive into <laughs> right. an 18 wheeler. Like try, after... try to drive through an 18 wheeler. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, keep, your, keep your eyes out for that local news story that'll pop up. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs>